0: Thanks for choosing to listen to another City Point West podcast. I trust that this message empowers and encourages you to continue your journey of faith. Enjoy. What Paul wants us to put on in our lives, what he wants us to clothe ourselves with, clothe our lives with, clothe ourselves in attitude, in thinking, in believing, in action, which leads us all the way to Colossians 3 verse 15 uh, and verse 16. He says, Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts, for as members of one body, we are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. What an incredible statement that he has right here. He says this. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, for as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. Last week I made this statement. I said, "Here's the great challenge in church community. The great challenge in church community is when we engage in relationship and friendship, and we engage in walking together. The great challenge is in times of those relationships. And and Paul said that we would bear with one another. There are times in relationship when you will be offended." Listen, I would love to say in church we're all perfect, but that's not the reality of what happens. We come to church imperfect. We come to Christ imperfect. And through Christ, the sanctifying power of Jesus is a transforming power that helps us to change. But some of us are still on that journey and some of us can be a little offensive. Now, I want you to notice what Paul adds to that right here. He says, but you come in one body and you have a responsibility as one body to change so that we don't necessarily bring offense. Here's the the danger. We come to church and say, I'm a mess, I'm broken. And in my mess and brokenness, I'm going to act out my mess and brokenness continually in the church world. And I'm going to offend as many people as I can because they should forgive me and come to Christ and allow Christ. No, 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 that's not what Paul says. He says that will happen sometimes because we're a bit messy. But we have a responsibility to the body to be one. And to do our best in being one to make sure we're not offensive. If you walk in here and say, you should accept me how I am, that's lovely. People should. But don't use that as an excuse to be an idiot. Can I just say that right here, right now? Paul says, don't let it be your excuse to just outwork your life however you are. You have a responsibility to the body to make sure you're not (laughs) offensive and painful and difficult that you would stand together as a brethren and be one together. I love this. He talks about a oneness that comes in the body of Christ. Look across this room. He, he wants a oneness in us, a oneness together, one vision, one values, one picture of what the kingdom of God looks like around our lives. We, we would see a oneness in the hope that Jesus Christ would bring transformation to the western suburbs of Brisbane. We come together with that oneness. And we say in amongst it, God, can you knock off some rough rough edges of me? Listen, all of us have rough edges. When I came to Christ, I had a lot of rough edges. And yeah, church has been a part of knocking that off. But just surrender to Christ. Say, please change me. Because I can be rude. I can be ignorant. I can be painful. And God, I need those edges knocked off me. Thank you for a wife that's knocked them off me over these last 25 years that I could be a little less painful, a little less irritable. So he says, hey, there's a responsibility as one body. And he says, let the message about Christ and all of its riches fill your life. In verse 16, if if we look at the New King James, he says it this way, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Now, can I just make a statement? is 30 minutes of Pastor Tim's preaching on a Sunday morning enough for the Word of Christ to dwell in you richly? I trust that my preaching and whoever else is preaching brings the Word of Christ, brings the Word of God, and I trust because of the preaching, there is a richness of the Word of God being brought forth in those 30 minutes. But listen, that should not be the fullness of the riches of the Word of God. Now, if you're one of those folks that the only time the Bible comes out is when I'm preaching, I feel like Paul's talking to you right now and he says, that's not richly at all. In fact, I would say to you, if I was going to give you 20 cents or $2,000, which richly would you prefer? If you're a 20 cent richly guy, stick with the Word of God Sunday morning alone. If you like the two grand, listen... You need to open that Word every single day and let it dwell in your life richly. Let me add to that. And it's not just listening to me preach on a Sunday morning, but letting it dwell in you richly is now thinking about it on Monday. What was Pastor Tim preaching about? What was Pastor David preaching about? What was Pastor Steve preaching about? What was Pastor Wendy preaching about? What were those people preaching about? I think on it. I dwell in it richly and it just begins to speak to my life, speak to my life, speak to my life. I go and rethink about that. I go and reopen that verse. I, I, I trust it. in the life spirit, we're speaking a little more. That's dwelling in the Word of God richly. You know what? Uh, in, in, as I've got older, food has become more enjoyable to me. Now, maybe the fact that my mother was the blandest cook in Australia. I love my mom. But I tell you what, her idea of spice was adding ox to gravy. As I've got older and richly, eaten with many of you in this room and understood that gravy isn't spice. That curry shouldn't be bland so much so that you can't taste anything. That curry should make your tummy feel a little different the next day. That is spice. Listen, as I've understood, there's richness in food. I don't like just little tastes of food anymore. I like to just fill my stomach with rich, yummy food. Let that word of God hunger dwell in us as well. That's what Paul's saying here. Listen, as the body of Christ, you come together. And then the Word of God becomes a richness in our lives and we're hungry for it. The message about Christ, richly fill your life, teach, counsel each other, give wisdom. You know, after church last Sunday, one of the great joys as a leader is I walked out and a person said this to me. Pastor Tim, while you're preaching, I had a question. But you know what? I sat down with my life group leader after church and they answered that question for me already. It was awesome. And now I understand what you're preaching. That is the picture of we're walking together in this and we're understanding and it's helping us to walk through the journey and richly envelop our lives in the Word of God. Listen, I I can't fill our our Sundays too much with the Word of God. So I, I just bring your portions and portions of it. But I'm trying today to bring you a bit of richness out of verse 15. Can we just go back there for a second? He says, let that peace come into our lives. Let the peace of God rule in our lives. I want to pull this apart a little bit today if I can. Let the peace of God rule in our lives. Matthew Henry made this statement. He said this, Christ died. He left the will in which he gave uh, his soul to his father, his body to Joseph of Arimathea, his clothes to the soldiers, his mother to John. But to his disciples, he left uh, who uh, left all to follow him. He didn't leave silver. He didn't leave gold. He left something better. He left his peace. I love that quote. I think that quote is vastly powerful. It's God's peace that has been given to our lives. And listen, as believers. It's His peace that's essential for our living. Jesus made it really clear to His disciples in John chapter 14. He said this, He said, These things I spoke to you while being present with you, but the help of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all the things that I have said to you. Let the words of God dwell in you richly. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give it to you? Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. When Jesus is speaking to the disciples right here, He says the Holy Spirit, the helpmate, is gonna come and He's gonna move in your life and He's gonna bring the Word of God to you. He's gonna bring remembrance what I have spoken. My words are gonna come back. Listen, I pray during the week. My words, what I'm preaching, the Word of God to you comes back during the week and you start to remember it and it starts to change you and it starts to shift your mind, shift your heart because that is my desire as a preacher that as the Word of God dwells in you and His Spirit comes with that, He brings it to remembrance. And He says, I give you peace. Not as the world gives peace. Peace that will come, that peace that I give to you. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. Can I touch on a few things here? The power of the Holy Spirit comes to do this in our life, to bring peace to our minds, peace to our hearts, which we're going to open up that thought in a few moments, not as the world gives it. Ronald Reagan made a statement a few years ago. He says, we have peace because we have superior firepower to everybody else. Listen, is that really peace? Is warfare peace? Let me say it like this. Do you have peace in your workplace Because you've got a bigger, more sarcastic mouth than everybody else. And you can win in every argument so you have peace. Because nobody wants to argue with you because you're such a loser. I can't argue with that loser. Is that peace? Is that the peace that Jesus is speaking about? Is that the peace that Paul is talking about right here? I feel like we've got to understand that the peace that we come, the only overwhelming power we have is the power of the cross that delivered us from the need to always be right delivered us from the need to always to make sure we win delivered us from the need of that so that we can have an overwhelming issue in our heart it's the peace of god in our lives and he says let not your hearts be troubled neither let it be afraid can i say there's a lot of challenges in christian life but this one right here is the greatest let not your hearts be troubled Neither let your hearts be afraid. Listen, you may overcome a lot of things in life. You may walk past your addictions. You may walk past the brokenness of outworking areas of your life. But this one is going to be the one where we need the seat a lot. Because when things really, really, really matter to us, it is very difficult to not let my hearts be troubled. Nor let them be afraid. Have you ever had a situation where somebody else comes, Pastor Steve speaks to me and says, You know, Pastor Tim, I'm having an issue with my son, and it's something that's really hurtful to me. When he's having that conversation with me, it's very, it's very, very easy, other than the fact I care for his kids because I've known them for a long time. It's very easy for me to say, Pastor Steve, it's all gonna be okay. We're gonna get through this. God's gonna do something in that son's life. But when Tim's sitting on the seat over here, and Pastor Steve comes over and we're having conversation, Pastor Steve. And we're having conversation. And I'm saying, Pastor Steve, you know, my son's not doing so great, Pastor Steve. It's not as easy in this moment to have that feeling in my life, but it's going to be all okay. Because God's going to get me through all this. You know what? When I'm having the conversation with him in that seat, it was easy for me to encourage him and say, God's got this, Pastor Steve. He's got this. But when I'm sitting in my seat and he's saying, God's got this, I'm like, don't patronise me, boy, right now. (laughs) Can I have an amen from somebody that knows what I'm talking about in the room? (laughs) Thanks. Thank you. Let not your hearts be troubled. My heart's not as troubled about Pastor Steve's son as it is about Pastor Tim's son. Not that I don't love your kids and not that he doesn't love mine, but when it's my problem let not your hearts be troubled, all of a sudden becomes all the more difficult. And this is where peace comes in. And this is the value and the power of Jesus' peace in our lives. When it's somebody else's issue, we can pray, we can stand in the gap, we can believe. You know, when somebody else's back's sore, I can lay hands on that thing. In Jesus' name, be healed. When my back's sore, don't touch me in Jesus' name. Somebody else's kid's struggling, oh, God's got them in Jesus' name. When my kid's struggling, oh, God, get me in Jesus' name. This is the reality of our lives. And Jesus says, I bring the helpmate of the Holy Spirit. Let not your hearts be troubled, nor let them be afraid. Watchman Nee said this, a born-again person ought to possess unspeakable peace in the Spirit. Watchman Nee must have had a pretty easy life. You know when he made that quote? He was in prison in China. And the last 26 years of his life was in prison. And he died. A strong, powerful, believing man of God that only saw one person in those 26 years was his wife. He never saw any of the churches that he planted, never saw any of the leaders that he sowed out, never got to walk with any of those people. And yet he had an understanding of peace. He died. And when he died, they left a little note under his pillow and he said, I still believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. And for that reason, I go to my death. In a cold, dirty China prison. When a guy like that makes a statement like this, I'm reminded that my little issues aren't so big any longer. A born again person ought to possess Unspeakable peace in the spirit. Let not your hearts be troubled. Every single one of us go through these great challenges in our world. Let me for a moment just pull this apart, can I? Can I just pull apart the statements that Paul is writing in Colossians chapter 3? And can I remind you, he writes it from a prison. He also writes it from a place awaiting his trial and ultimately his execution. Paul is there and he says, And let the peace of God that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, we are called to live in peace. And let the peace. Can I just stop here on this word? Listen, I'm going to teach. I need your brains. I need your brains. I need your attention. And let the peace come. Did you see right there? There's something that is our responsibility. And let the peace come. And let the peace come. He's showing right here that you and I need to let peace come into our lives. But, you know, all of us have those irrational, stupid moments where we're just crazy with, I, I just... I need to fix this problem. I need to fix this situation. I need to fix this thing. And why is it happening to me? Why is it happening right now in my life? Why is it happening to my family? Why are my kids doing this? Why are my family doing it? Why is my business like that? We have those irrational, crazy moments. Now, maybe that's just you, or maybe it's just me, or maybe it's just every single one of us in this room that has those irrational moments. If you don't, praise God for you in Jesus' name. We're grateful for you in the house. But the rest of us have those irrational moments that we need to let the peace of God come. But my marriage is a mess and my wife's crazy and my husband's crazy and my kids are crazy. You have no idea, God, you have no idea what I'm dealing with right now. Yes, He does. And let the peace of God come. You know, sometimes we need to sing that song, It Is Well. The writer of that original song sang it as he traveled over the place where his kids had died and drowned in a in a boat in a, in a shipwreck. He traveled over that place going to see his wife lost his kids. And he wrote, It Is Well with my soul. Had an understanding of the power of that moment and what it meant to his life. Let's. The peace of God. Let the peace of God. Let it come to our lives. Let it come into our hearts. Let the peace of that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. Let me take a couple of words. That word, peace, right there. Irene is the word that is used there. It means to have a peace of mind. It means to know rest, not rest to put my feet up and watch Netflix all Sunday, all Saturday. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about rest in our spirit, rest in our heart, or a wholeness, everything that actually comes together for a moment of rest and trust. That is the picture that happens right there. And Jesus tells us, comes through the power of the Holy Spirit into our lives. Let the peace that comes through Christ, the Holy Spirit's work in us, rule in us. Rule, that word rule right there is a word uh, I'm really struggling to, to say this one, Brabio, oh, that is the word right there. It means to act as an umpire inside of us. This is a picture of peace that actually directs us, that actually guides us. We, we don't guide peace. We let the Holy Spirit come into our hearts, bring peace that from that point directs us. Have you ever noticed in your freak out, how bad your direction is afterwards? Have you noticed that? Have you ever had those, my kid, oh, my kid, that situation's going on. Oh, my marriage, that situation, my husband, my wife, they freak out. And my response from freak out usually makes the situation way, way worse. Can I have an amen from somebody that's freaked out and then didn't wait for peace, just acted and let our freak out be the director and ruled in our life. And the outcome was our kid now hates us more. Our marriage is now worse. My business is now even more bankrupt. And my money in my bank is even lower than before because my freak out is not a great director of my life. Listen, if you can't amen that, it's time to just let the Word of God dwell in you richly and just think on that for a minute. It's a powerful reality. Our freak out's a bad director, but peace is the greatest director. Paul's bringing a very interesting thought. Peace that both of them knew in challenge. Jesus speaking to his disciples, I leave you peace is about to go to the cross. Paul writes from a prison about to go to to death and says that peace is the director of my life. It directed me to prison. It directed me right now to be sitting in this place. It directed me long term to my death, but I have peace here in this place because it dictates where I go listen I learned the peace lesson from pain I remember many years ago and I've shared this story with some of you I remember many years ago uh, I bought my first boat and I needed a motor to go with my boat and I'd been looking for months to find the exact motor and I found it and it was in my price range it was what I wanted and I really thought, like, God, you've helped me find this motor. This is great. I drove up to to uh, the place to check it out. I did the compression tests. I did all of the tests. This thing's right. This thing's perfect. This is the boat motor that I wanted. Thank you, Jesus, for blessing me in that. But I didn't have peace in my heart. I actually felt like I should just leave and not buy this motor. And the guy I was talking to him. I like, I'll give you a bit less, and he took less, and it made the peace a little bit worse. I'll be honest. And I didn't feel great about it. But now I've got it for even less than my budget. And thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm going to run past the peace feeling that I have in myself or the lack of peace in a situation that looks like it's God's direction. The lack of peace in the moment. And I just went on and I bought the boat motor. Can I tell you that that boat motor cost me so much money. I blew that boat motor up twice. Twice. I got it rebuilt and I didn't even feel good about getting rebuilt. But I got it rebuilt and I blew it up again until in the end I'd send it to the scrap and it just cost me so, so much money. I learned a lesson right there in that moment. Let the peace of God rule. I had no peace with a good situation. Can I flip that on its head? I've been through some of the worst situations over the last number of years and peace was in the middle of them. And people ask me the question, Tim, how is it that you feel calm and feel like we're going to get through this? Because I had peace there. Listen, we've got to flip those two. The peace that rules and directs and guides us. I didn't have peace. The situation seemed good and the peace wasn't there. I should have listened to the peace of God and walked away from that boat motor and kept a lot of money in my pocket. It's peace. And it's peace that's carried me through. And I've learned... When there was times of no peace, just to listen and hear that. And it rules in our hearts. That word is cardius. That talks about the heart, the mind, the inner self, the inner person of who we are. Now, listen, Paul writes powerfully to the Colossians church, but he gives a bit of a further direction to the Philippian church in Philippians chapter 4. This is where I want to teach. I'm going to intertwine Two passages of scripture that just help us to understand this so well. If you have your Bibles, flick over to Philippians 4. If you don't, on the screen, uh, we're going to have a quick look. Philippians 4, verse 6 to 8. He says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally my brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just um, whatever things are uh, we're we up to uh, lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue if there's anything praiseworthy meditate on these things listen here in Colossians chapter 3 Paul is giving a, a challenge he says let the peace of God rule but further in Philippians chapter 4 he's given us a bit of a how-to actually outwork this in our lives. He's given us a bit of a step-by-step picture of what it looks like. He says in verse six, be anxious for nothing, but in everything. Listen, this is our, our let God moment. This is how we let God do this thing. He says, be anxious for nothing, but in letting God do this in your life, in everything, through prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. You know, many, many years ago, as a young Christian, I sat uh, in a meeting with, a, with an incredible man of God by the name of Chuck Swindoll. Chuck Swindoll is a, is a wonderful preacher, and he was, he was here in Australia. And I, and I remember sitting, I was actually sitting on the ground, and, and he was preaching, and he made this statement, and it was so profound that I can still remember exactly the statement and where I was sitting. He says this, Out of this passage of scripture, take your worry lists. Write down everything right now that is worrying you, that is causing you anxiety, that is causing you pain, that is causing you frustration. Write every one of them down and turn them into your prayer list. I remember sitting there going, wow, that is powerful and simple, so simple. You know, sometimes I'm praying, I'm not sure what to pray about. He said, actually, just think, stop and think. What are you worrying about right now? I'm worrying about my kid. I'm worrying about my marriage. I'm worrying about my finances. I'm worried about the person I work with. I'm I'm worried about this situation. I'm worried about my car not working. I'm worried, I'm worried. worried, worried." Write them down and then pray on them. So Paul's writing to the Philippians church. He says, listen, stop being anxious. Stop being worried. Write some stuff down that's really on your life and turn them into your prayer list and start to put them before God and say, God, help me out in this situation. Help me out in what I'm walking through. And let your requests be made known to God. Let your requests be made known to God. And verse seven, and then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ. And the peace of God, Listen, Paul's using the same language as Colossians here to the Philippians church. He's saying, when you give it back to God in prayer, when you give it back to God, listen, it's all God's anyway, but sometimes we just pry it out of God's cold, dead fingers. We're I'm taking back my mess. I'm taking back my brokenness. I'm taking back the situation that I prayed about this morning. I'm letting worry come back to my heart. Listen, This is Tim's moment to take a seat. I know this feeling. I have this feeling. I preach it today with a reality that I always battle this. God, it's yours. I get up at at 6 o'clock and I'm praying, God, I give it to you. I give my kid to you. I I just surrender them. I give my marriage to you. I give my finances to you. But at 10 o'clock, when all of a sudden I think about that painful child. Oh, my Jesus. Help me in that situation. I'm taking it back. I'm taking it back. I'm holding it again. And it's my time to come back to the seat. And just remember, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God. And the peace of God. The peace of God that comes to my life. Again, we we mix that with Colossians 3. And the peace that comes from Christ, he says, and the peace of God, back in Philippians 4, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. That surpasses all understanding. Why, why Why does he add that? Because every one of us in the room, our biggest challenge is our stupid head. Yeah? Amen? My biggest challenge is my dumb brain that keeps telling me, no, 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 God can't fix that kid. They're too crazy. No, 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 God can't fix that marriage. You said too much dumb stuff to your wife last night. She ain't never going to forgive you. She ain't never going to forget that stuff. No, 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 your bank account's been zero for a long time. It ain't going to change. I can't see a way out. I can't see enough words that can fix what you said. I can't see enough things that can fix that kid. I can't see enough things happening to shift what has always been my understanding of finances and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. I'm glad Paul adds this because he gives me hope. I'm sitting on the seat right now because my brain is speaking to me. But he says, Tim, if you've given it to God, if you've laid it out to Him, the peace that comes to my life as a director and the guider of my life will come to you and take you to a place that surpasses what I know. Oh, God, I can't see a hope. I can't see, I can't see an answer. But I can not see a promise that you've given me for that child. I, I can't see an answer. But I can't come back to hope for my marriage and the reality that Jesus, you are this wonderful God that has restored the broken things of the world. And now you can restore my broken marriage and you can make it whole again, not just survivable, but make it whole again. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard. Listen, there, there is a similarity there to what Paul says. He says, will rule, which is the umpire that directs, but will also guard your hearts. Uh, If you've ever played sport with me, you'll know I'm an extremely competitive person. And I may or may not argue with umpires a little bit when I'm playing sport. I get it from my father. I've got to be really clear. It definitely comes from him. Definitely comes from him. And and dad watches cricket and argues with the umpire. And the guy, like, they're playing cricket in, in England and he's still arguing with the umpire so I get it from him, I get it from him, but I also get it in my own life when the umpire of peace is trying to direct me and I'm arguing with that umpire, I'm arguing with the umpire, peace comes and says I can work this out with your child, no you can't, no you can't, no you can't, I'm going to buy that boat motor and I don't feel it's not there, the piece the is here, it's going to be okay, I can work you through this one. Oh, I don't know if I, anyone's mind fighting and arguing with the umpire of peace. It says, you will guard your heart. I love the fact that sometimes peace just guards me and keeps me in that place. Keeps me in that place. When I can't be there physically, He keeps me there. It's a peace of God that guards my heart, rules in my heart. Keeps me in that place in my life. It's the peace of God. The peace that directs His will. Amy Carmichael said this. I'm wrapping up this morning. It says, Blessed are the single hearted, for they shall enjoy much peace. If you refuse to be hurried and pressed, if you stay your soul on God, nothing can keep you from that cleanness of spirit, which is life and peace. In that stillness, you'll know what His will is. In that stillness of peace, you'll be guided. And you'll be directed in that. Let the peace of God rule in our hearts. Listen, Paul gives a final statement there in Philippians. He says this. Finally, brethren, whatever things are pure, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things uh, are true, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, whatever things are of virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Let me tie this all together. I spoke to a friend of mine just a little while ago. He's having some issues. He's trying to find Christ, He's trying to walk through life. His marriage is messed up. Situation with another girl. Do I leave my marriage? Do I go to this other situation? Where do I go? You know, I started thinking that through. What is true? His emotions aren't true right now. Oh, I feel good about this other situation. But the truth is a covenant relationship with Christ of marriage is created for life yeah I feel better in this one but my feelings in my heart aren't true here's the danger with looking for peace just to be inside of you listen to what Paul says Paul says this if you got worries and mess bring them before God let peace come guide you and direct you but in amongst it be careful of what your heart's saying come back to what's true the Word of God, the promises of God, what He's actually spoken to your life, the the things that have been outworked, when when you come back to that, He can guide you in truth. This is what He's saying. Step one, your worry list becomes your prayer list. Step two, when you've given it to God, truly released it, stopped arguing with peace, peace now comes because you let it come into your life and it guards your heart and it be's the umpire and the director of your steps and your decisions. And from that, listen, listen, from that you stay in peace because you set your minds on the right thoughts. You stay in peace because you don't dwell in the mess of your past. You don't dwell in the mess of your situation. You don't dwell in the mess of your marriage. You don't dwell in the mess of what's happened. You don't dwell in the mess of your children. You don't dwell in the mess of the other things because, you dwell on those things that are just, pure, good, right and true. Listen, I, I, I sit here as I preach today in my seat because it speaks to me and speaks to my life. It speaks to us all through this whole battle of life, this whole battle of our thinking, this whole battle of what we go on, this whole battle of this reality that it surpasses our understanding. Let, let me leave you with this final thought. Why is the battle of my understanding a complete and utter waste? Why is His peace the ultimate guide and rule for our lives? Let me give you a really simple illustration. Pastor Steve, can you just lay here on the floor for me? (laughs) Just lay, lay down, lay down flat. Pastor Lydia, can you come and join me up on the platform? Just a brief, brief moment, brief moment. Can you come and just stand up on this seat for me right here? Now don't fall over, don't fall over. Okay, okay. Pastor Steve, who's sitting in the back row? Why don't you know who's sitting in the back row? And you can't see. I said, who's sitting in the back row?" Hi Tracy, hi John, hi Carol, hi Wayne. Oh, what's the difference? Perspective. Yeah, that's 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 a good effort. That's a good effort. Listen, listen. <laughs> Slim, you're right. Can't miss you. What? What's the, What's the, Why? Why is there a difference? He, he is us in our own understanding and arguments before we let God to come and bring His peace into our life and to direct us and guide us and to, and to lead us. We're, we're down here going, God, I got this, so you can't fix anything. God's up here going, ooh, I see your son coming back to Christ. Ooh, there's your daughter. Ooh, her heart's been turned back to Jesus. Ooh, I see that marriage being restored. I see the healing and the wholeness coming to that place. If you let my peace just come here in your heart, I can see it all happen. You're fighting down there and you're not making anything right. You're not fixing a thing. You're just getting angry and you're getting irritated and you're hating on me and you're hating on life and you're hating on the situation. But I see over there, right? Ooh, I see blessing coming back to your life. I see that poverty broken off. I see that curse being cut off. I see God's freedom coming to that place. And let the peace of God. Rule in your hearts as an umpire. I bring every bit of that, God. I lay it at your feet. I I struggle to not take it back, but I lay it at your feet. God, you come. You move. You speak. And peace comes to my heart. And Jesus, I keep meditating on, on what's pure. I meditate on what you've done. I meditate on your truths that are there for my life, for my family, my kids, my situation, my finances. And in that point of peace, you direct my life. And you direct who we are. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. Let me read one final quote with the heads bowed, eyes closed. He says, no one, this is Jack Wellman, no one can have peace of God until they are at peace with God. Listen, we're at peace with God because of the beautiful finished work of the cross that is done in Jesus Christ. You may be in this room today. You don't have peace with God. My heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Here in this moment, just before we close this service, maybe you don't have peace with God. You're not walking with God. Maybe you have in the past. Maybe you've walked away from that. Listen, this morning, Jesus wants to meet with you. Jesus wants to interact with you. Jesus wants to bring peace back to your life. Here in this house this morning, maybe you're here and you're saying, yeah, Pastor Tim, I want to come back, open my heart to peace come back into relationship with Christ, re-engage with Jesus. I'd love you just simply to give me a wave in this room. saying, yeah, Pastor Tim, I'm like that. I want to walk with Jesus again. Awesome in the middle there. That's great. So good. You can put that hand down. Awesome up the back there. Beautiful. Who else this morning? I'm just going to pray for you in your seat. Here in this moment, it's a beautiful moment. Awesome. Awesome there. You can put that hand down. Anyone else want to join these three today up the back? Awesome, man. Awesome over here in the middle. Beautiful over the side there. My God, I thank you right now. Across this room, people have opened their hearts. It's a start. It's a start. It's a start. It's an opening. It's an opening of heart. God, I pray right now. For those right across this room. Here in this moment, I pray, Jesus, I pray right now that you would begin to touch those hearts. Here in this moment, God, bring peace again. Bring peace again. The cross is enough. Your sacrifice is enough. Your work is enough. Jesus, I thank you for the work of the cross. I thank you for what it means in hearts right now. I thank you for what it means in lives right now. I thank you, Jesus. Right across this room, my God, where there's turmoil, where there's torment, where there's sin, where there's brokenness, you come and wash today. Wash today. Over those hearts and over those lives right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Begin a great work. Begin a great work. Begin a great work. I know this message will keep speaking to you as you continue your day. So for more information about City Point West, jump on citypointchurch.com or follow our social media accounts, Instagram Point West. Or our Facebook City Point Church West. Have a great day.